When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy Dylan Matthews alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself. Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, what's going on? It's a Tuesday afternoon, evening, almost 5 o'clock type deal. So some people might even start eating dinner around this time, early dinner munchers. But anywho, how you doing on this Tuesday, Bo? Uh, I'm good, man. We're uh, we're kind of entering these dog days of summer, I believe, next right. week. And I think next week is mini camp, which is mandatory. This week yep. is um, the last really um, week of OTAs, which are, yeah. which are which are non-mandatory. And it's um, once mini camp is over, it kind of gets real. Um, Fourth of July uh, is kind of a turning point in the year. Because for me, it's kind of like, all right, now I've got to start looking ahead because the season is upon us. And um, so it's weird how quickly it goes because we were what, just we're just a week removed or uh, from Memorial Day. And right now we're almost to um, the actual 100 percent offseason for the players that one month they get where they kind of, you know, have to work out. But they're they're free of team activities. Yeah, it's getting close and it's ramping up and it's going to be here before you know it. Soon we'll be talking about, man, the Hall of Fame game is next week. And then it'll be like, man, training camp is about to start. And then sooner or later, we'll be talking about and breaking down and reacting to what we see in the preseason. So it's all coming up fast, but it is a good thing that the NFL season is coming sooner rather than later. But the first thing I want to touch on, I want to get into a ranking. I saw by Gordon McGinnis and Pro Football Focus. They were ranking teammates in the top 32, specifically teammates in the top 32 when it came when it comes to interior defensive linemen. I'm going to quickly give you the list because we got a trio of Atlanta Falcons on this list. So for the Giants, they have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams on this list. So these are all teammates who, when it comes to interior defensive linemen, are ranked in the top 32 according to Pro Football Focus. So for the Giants, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. For the Colts, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. For the Washington Commanders, Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. These are all good names, good players. Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer for the Miami Dolphins. For the Cincinnati Bengals, DJ Reader, DJ Reader and B.J. Hill. For the San Francisco 49ers, Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. For the Buffalo Bills, Ed Oliver, who just got paid. 
Puna Ford and Daquan Jones. And for the Atlanta Falcons, Bo Morgan, Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, and Grady Jarrett. So besides the Buffalo Bills, we're the only team on this list to have three names. With that being said, Bo, right now, without having seen them come together, do you think, at least on paper, this defensive line with teammates in the top 32 with Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, and David Onyemata, you throw in Arnold Ebicati, you throw in Bud Dupree, you throw in Lorenzo Carter, is this team, Taquan Graham as well, don't want to forget anybody, but is this defensive line a top 15 defensive line right now? Do you do you see them that highly, or am I getting a little bit crazy? Uh, I mean, God, I hate that. I hate <laughs> I hate to say anything because as soon as you do, and then right. he doesn't love something. But yeah, I think there's certainly um there's certainly that likelihood, there's certainly that chance, there's certainly that potential mm-hmm. um that this team could be. Uh, you know, you got to stay healthy. Or you got to do all that. You got to play to your potential. But yeah, absolutely. Um, Lorenzo Carter's in there. Taquan Graham's in there. I don't, I don't know if you remember from Taquan. Mm. Um, you know, I'm just looking at the. Uh, I actually had pulled this up outside of you, but Calais Campbell, Anya Mata, Grady Jarrett. You mentioned those guys, and we're really just talking about those guys. Well, let's go deeper. I mean, the second team right now is. Uh, depending on who, how things uh, hash out yeah. in um in training camp in the preseason, but Taquan Graham, Eddie Goldman, who's making his return after right. you know signing with the team and retiring. I mean, and you got Timmy Horn who who can Man. move a little bit, a yep. bigger dude. So yeah, I think there's absolute potential this could be a top fifteen, top ten maybe, um, defensive line. You got to remember, Calais Campbell's not going to play just uh um. A ton of snaps, but he is going to play, and right. so I do think that's important. Uh, he's going to play some important snaps, I should say. So I just think that the potential is that they could be very, very good. I, I don't want to put something on them necessarily, but there is a huge potential of this team uh, being a top ten, um, top fifteen defensive line, and they've just got to go out and perform. I mean, Grady Jarrett is to me is a guy who's just on the cusp of being um, mentioned with the Aaron Donalds of the world. So the Vita Veas of the world um, that, you know, those top, the Ed Oliver, those top interior defensive linemen. Um, I, I, and I think he's going to be even better when you, you add guys like Calais Campbell next to him. So, and David Onyemata, because he won't be eating as many double teams now with those guys in there. So yeah, I'm very excited about what this defensive line could be. I, I'm excited about just the depth of this defensive line because it seemed like this defensive line for the last few years was very top heavy. You you had you had Grady in there and you would have some other guys uh next to Grady, but you never really had what you thought was a super deep defensive line. This defensive line this year is deep. You mentioned it. I mean, to start out, you'd be putting out Calais Campbell. Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata. Then you're going to have Lorenzo Carter, Arnold Ebicati on the edge. But then those guys are going to get rotated in with Bud Dupree in the mix. Taquan Graham's going to be in the mix. He's going to get a lot of snaps. So uh, Timmy Horn, uh, Eddie Goldman. I mean, 
the depth of this defensive line is going to be something serious. And just being able to have those fresh legs, and they're going to not just be uh, just be fresh legs. They're going to be fresh legs of guys who have performed and performed well in this league for you know a number of years. So that's what makes it really exciting, just the, the depth of this defensive line and how we're going to have guys. We're going to have dudes coming at opposing offensive lines just every single snap. And it's, it's really going to be an onslaught when you talk about the pressure that this Atlanta Falcons football team should be able to create. So if we're talking about how good this Falcons defensive line can be this season, a lot, you know, when I say a lot has to go right, I'm when, when we're talking about a top 10 defensive line, you know, guys obviously have to stay healthy. That's going to be a big factor. Um, and obviously, you know, we're, we're they're going to have to hit the ground running when you talk about adjusting to to Ryan Nielsen's uh, defensive gradient. Jared actually talked about that in this last round of OTAs, how, you know, they're 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 going hard in OTAs to try and really hit the ground running during training camp. Um, so they're going to have to get off to a hot start as well. But this defensive line has definitely the potential to be a top 10, you know, maybe even like top eight defensive line be, just because of the depth they have. And again, they, they, they don't even have depth, but they have some heavy, heavy hitters at the uh, at the top of that defensive line as well. So just like you, I'm excited to see what this Falcons defensive line can do because we haven't had a consistent pass rush in a long, long time. I mean, you could you could say 2016 because we definitely had a uh, Vic Beasley who led the league in sacks that year. But, you know, it, it kind of seemed like that maybe was a I hate to say fluke year, but fluke year. Um, and, and even before that, it, it was kind of, you know, early 2010s where well, we had a go ahead. That wasn't a fluke year. I, I don't I, I think what people always miss about that year is mm-hmm. is that Vic played. On an offense, on a defense that was 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 playing with a lead a lot. So he was able to pin his ears True. back and go. Good point. Um, and teams were always chasing them. And I think the other thing was is a majority of his sack. He did a good job of of second chance sacks. You know where mm-hmm. uh, initially he doesn't get there, but you know the, the 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 they're able to hold off and then maybe get there. And also, I think nine of those sacks came against three teams. So uh, I don't want to say it was a fluke. He earned them, but um, yeah, but it was definitely um, it was definitely. You know, it wasn't a fluke. I, I I just think that was what Vic could have been, and then he never never was hungry enough to get back there, unfortunately. Right. And then to your point too, that twenty seventeen team was a completely different team when they were they were really reliant upon their defense more so than their offense in twenty sixteen. That was a really good defensive team and the offense kind of took a step back once uh, Shanahan left for San Fran. So definitely a point there. Um, but again, it just there hasn't been that consistency that you want on the, the defensive line for uh, for for some years now. So hopefully we get that and hopefully we get in a big way this season. But but I want to spend most of this podcast getting into some battles we could start to see develop in training camp. So I have a couple that I'm looking out for, but I want to first get your take. What training camp battles do you think? are really going to transpire. What do you think are the biggest training camp battles and the biggest competition going into training camp this year? Well, I mean, it depends on how you look at things. Personally, um, I want to see the defensive back 
mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. Um, you know, is Jeff Okuda um, going to win that right cornerback spot? Or could yep. you see maybe Mike Hughes yep. battle him for it? And and I know that originally when Mike Hughes was brought here, um, that it was like, oh, he's going to slide and play that nickel spot. But maybe now with the um, addition of Clark Phillips through the draft, yep, that's something Clark Phillips. I I want to see how the 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 cornerback spot opposite AJ Terrell yep. and the nickel position play out. So to me, that def- that secondary is going to have a thing, have a thing. You know, I, I expect Richie Grant to be the starting strong safety with the addition of Jesse Bates. And I think Jalen Hawkins will probably be the, the second guy there, you know, is, um, so there's that one. Um, and, and I'll go with the second one before we get to yours. Yeah. But, um, what happens in the, in the linebacker room? Um, mm-hmm. I expect one. Troy Anderson and Caden Ellis to be, your inside linebackers, depending on how they how they run things, but you know, uh, if if they are looking at staying with the three four, which I, I was led to believe that would be, um, quote unquote, their base, even though they're going to have so many different fronts, uh, multiple <laughs> you know, multiple fronts, which I was also told. Um, I expect those two, but what happens with Michael Walker? Is he able to push one of those guys? Um, because I know that that Ryan Nielsen was huge on Troy Anderson when he came here, and obviously Cade Nellis is someone he's big on because he brought him in here with him. So that's a that's a room that I, I'm I'm looking at as well, or how some of those battles kind of could line up. You hit on you hit the nail on the head with the defensive backs. That has to be the number one position group. Everybody, every Falcons fan needs to have their eyes on is the cornerback spot because again is. Jeff Okuda going to prove himself to be that other guy that lines up on the outside on Sundays across from AJ Terrell. You would like him to be, you brought him in so he could be that. And he just has to prove that, you know, he can be that dude. He can stay healthy. He can stay on the field. He can perform at a high level and, you know, play up to the potential that, you know, he, he was supposed to have and has with uh, as being the number three overall pick back in 2020. And then in that slot position, I, I think that could be – I think Clark Phillips could really give Mike Hughes a run for his money. And, and like you said, I don't want to uh, discredit Mike Hughes. He could give uh, a, uh, Jeff Okuda a run for his money in that other outside spot. But I think it, it could be a real battle between Mike Hughes and Clark Phillips for that for that nickel spot. So that's going to be interesting to watch out for. You gave one that, that, that I that – I th- think could be a little bit more of a battle between Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins now. The expectation definitely is for Richie Grant to win that safety spot next to Jesse Bates because Richie Grant was a second overall pick. If I'm not mistaken, the Falcons, well, they traded back. I'm sorry, they traded back. I was going to say traded, but they traded back and actually got uh, Richie Grant. But still, second round pick. And this is a guy who you want to start seeing uh, take leaps every single season. He he definitely made a step up last season from year one to year two. Now going from year two to year three, you expect him to really make some big development uh, leaps, and you want to want to see him contribute. But I don't want to discredit Jalen Hawkins. I know you weren't discrediting Jalen Hawkins. I'm not saying that, but I think Jalen well, a little Hawkins- bit. 
<laughs> little bit. But go ahead. I'll let you, I'll let you finish yeah. on Jalen Hawkins, and I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to chime back in on that. I think Jalen Hawkins. I think Jalen Hawkins could be a little bit more competition to Richie Grant um, than than maybe suggested. Now, again, I, I think Richie Grant will end up winning that position, but I think it'll be a little bit t- a tighter competition between Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't, for, I don't think Jalen Hawkins. Th- Jesse Bates is here because they didn't believe in Jalen Hawkins. Um, and let me tell you, let me put it this way: I, I, I don't, I do not care what the company line is with. Hey, we play the best players. Richie Grant was your second round draft pick in your first mm-hmm. draft class. For sure. He got better as year one went on in a difficult defense. He got he he got better in year two. Um, still made some mistakes, but got better. Uh, I would be shocked if another regime's draft pick was starting over this regime's draft pick come uh, opening weekend against the Saints. Shocked. I just don't. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, assuming against the Panthers, it's what it I don't know why I said the Saints, the Panthers. I apologize. Um, sorry, but no, I, I don't. Just don't believe it. I just don't think it's a possibility. Um, unless there's an injury, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I just don't see it happening. I just, I, I really don't. And I'm not trying to be a, um, you know, Mister Know It All or Mister All That, you know, that guy. I just. It just – you don't go sign guys for that big of contracts if you believe the other guy is the guy. And uh, and, and it would be a change of position for Jalen right. Hawkins as well. So, um, just I, – I, I think the, 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 the writing's on the wall where he'll be a, a future backup or yep. possibly um, he's going to be a um, – you know, looking for a new team after this season. It's definitely going to be a situation, but that that is a good point that you make about the the change of position because he would if he slotted over to play that position that Richie Graham was going to play, he would be, uh, you know, it's again it's it's a safety, but he he he'd be out of position between strong safety and free safety. But the other position bat battle I'm looking at, I'm also looking at what is going to transpire when it comes to honestly that that all right we know. Matt Collins and Drake London, they should be one and two when it comes to wide receivers. And I know Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson, they're going to be in that conversation too because they're going to play a lot of wide receiver. But when we're maybe talking about just true wide receivers because Cordell Patterson is going to do a little bit of everything. Kyle Pitts is going to play tight end and wide receiver. But when we're looking at just strictly people who play, uh, guys who are going to play wide receiver. Drake London, Matt Collins are going to be, you know, those, those top two guys. Scotty Miller is going to play in that slot. But, you know, who's going to be, Maybe that other guy uh, that emerges. Is there going to be another guy that emerges? I mean, because you think about it, you maybe aren't pressed if a guy emerges out of that out of that kind of second tier group or not. Between you know the Slade Boldens and and maybe the the Penny Hearts, who I think will do some uh, return things as well, and uh, and and those and those guys. So I'm kind of looking to see who's going to emerge out of out of out of that group and kind of. Gets in that and gets in that kind of first uh wide receiver tier and maybe becomes that 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 third guy that that third option or fourth option. So I'm kind of looking at name. I'll give you a name to mix in there. I I think Scotty Miller's got the inside track to that. I'm not going to sit here and BS you. Um, I I think he's got the inside track. But a guy that everyone seems to forget about that's still on this roster, 
and still on this team, and who will be returning punts. And his name ain't J.J. Arcia uh, Whiteside. <laughs> his name's not Penny Hart. His name's not Frank Darby or Slade Bolden. Are you going Kadero Hodge here? No. His oh. name is Avery Williams. Oh. And Avery Williams has been has been played running back for this team. Yeah. Uh, he's a core special teamer who they would love to keep on the roster because of what he does on special teams and not just returning kicks, but on kickoff yeah. return. Excuse me, kickoff uh, coverage and punt coverage. And I, and I know he's been working out at wide receiver. Wow. Okay. He's done some things there. So Avery Williams is a guy that I think you could see use um, as well. I also think that the third receiver spot is going to be one that is an all hands on deck. Well, I think Scotty Miller has the inside yeah. track to be quote unquote, the third receiver. Right. I think there'll be games where Cordero Patterson, Avery Williams, B. John Robinson, Scotty Miller, some of these guys, um, you know, they, they get significant time in that, in that slot role or in that third receiver role um, just because of things like, you know, we've heard about how, Bijan has said that Arthur's going to use him in all ways. And Drake London's like, oh, it's positionless football. So, mm. um, I'm not mistaken, Josh Ali, if he's able to make the roster, is a speedster. And it's a guy that you should look out for and, and being used in a few different ways as well. And again, he's got to make the roster. I think he appeared in a couple of games right. last year. But, um, so, that third receiver spot, it's, it's a fun one for you to bring up. I actually love the fact that you bring it up. I don't yeah. think you're wrong on saying, hey, there's going to be a battle there, but I think it's going to be a different battle. That makes sense. I think there's a yeah. lot of guys that could fill that role right. and, um, and, and do different things for you there. And I, you bring up a good point too, because really that could to your point to piggyback off your point, it could go by kind of what you need that week. Some weeks you may need a guy who is better at taking the top off. So you may see, like you said, more of Scotty Miller, or you could see Ali in that spot. Or maybe you need a, a bigger guy against a more maybe physical DB, depending on who you're taking on that week. So maybe you do need to see more of a, uh, a Kadero Hodge, or maybe you do need to see more of a Cordell Patterson, or maybe maybe they have a guy who, you know, is maybe not as good uh, in coverage. So maybe you put a speedier Bijan in the slot. Maybe you see him more in the slot. It, it, that goes back to the point of the Falcons being so versatile on, on offense and having so many guys that can do so many different things. So it, it could be, like you said, kind of a maybe we say running back committee, maybe a wide receiver three by committee, depending on what you need for that week. So that that's very interesting that you bring that point up. And I think we could see, like we, like you said, a, a multitude of different guys kind of fill that role as the season go along, depending on what the Falcons need that week, where it's more of a speedster, more of a possession wide receiver, or, uh, things like that. But I do want to bring one more uh, thing up to you as we continue to go through uh, competitions here heading into training camp is do you have a I'm trying to think of the correct word do you have a kind of timeline on when Matthew Bergeron should be getting the majority of first team reps because it seems like right now he's he's getting some but he's not getting the the majority and that's and that's not anything that should be surprising anybody. Arthur Smith, you touched on earlier, is is very much a a head coach who makes 
you earn your spot. He's not just going to slot you in there because, you know, you were you were a, a first or second round pick or, you know, you got paid a lot of money or this, that, and the third. But a lot of people have Matthew Bergeron penciled into that starting left guard spot. Is there a point in training camp in, 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 in a mandatory mini camp that Bergeron should take that step and should be in that starting left guard spot and getting most of the reps there? Um, it's a good question. I, I, I don't, I think that it's probably something that he'll, he'll slowly be worked in during, um, during practice and training camp and maybe Mm -hmm. during some of the, 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 the drills. And then I could see him possibly getting, uh, depending on how he's done, possibly getting in there in that first or second game. But I kind of see the method they use a little bit with Jalen. I don't want to compare him to Jalen Mayfield, but kind of with Jalen Mayfield <laughs> in the past where yeah. they they played him with the first team and then he stayed and played in them with the second team. And so he gets as many reps in these preseason games as he can to bring him along. I could see something like that um, with, with how they bring him along. But look, a lot of it is going to be on what he's doing and how he's working and how – what progress he's showing. So, um, yeah, I would say at some point in the preseason, we'll probably see him moved in there more and use more, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not trying to avoid the question because oh, yeah. it's a good question. I just don't know if it's a one that it's going to be hard to predict, but I would definitely look for him to be, you know, um, depending on how he's playing in, in training camp, moved in and, play, and getting some time with the ones. And then, look, it, it, if – if he's showing um, growth and that he can handle that, he'll definitely get in that first preseason game with the ones. But um, but it, right now, he just needs to continue to progress and learn the position. I, I don't expect him to not be the starter um, in week one. I expect him to, to make that transition. I think he's a smart, aggressive player who's good enough to, to make it. So, um. If not, then it's a little bit disappointing. But uh, you know, moving forward, he is the guy that I think will be and 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 has the inside track to be the starting left guard. And look, our timeline might be different, and maybe doesn't line up with the timeline that Arthur Smith and Dave Ragone have for him. Look, they 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 might be trying to maybe we're talking about you know him being ready for training camp, which I think is very reasonable. I think you would want him starting to get get those reps during training camp, but maybe they want him to be sooner or maybe they won't be as concerned if, you know, it's the 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 second or well third preseason game. That might actually be a little late, but you know what I'm saying? The, the, times line, the timelines might not add up exactly to what, you know, our timeline is, uh, uh, another fan's timeline is, and what their timeline actually is for Matthew Bergeron when it comes to when he should be getting the majority, uh, the lion's share of uh, first-team reps at, at that left guard position. So, you know, the fact that he's not getting it right now shouldn't be worrisome, even if, you know, he isn't getting the line share and, and minicamp shouldn't be that worrisome. I think you start to, like you said, pay more attention to it when we get into training camp. Definitely when we get into the preseason for sure. Um, so we shall see. But definitely the expectation, I think, from everybody and including Arthur Smith, Dave, we going to the Atlanta Falcons is for him to be that starting guy at left guard. But that's going to do it for this edition of Peachtree Football. We will continue 
to break down position battles as they happen, as they continue to develop throughout OTAs, throughout mandatory minicamp, and definitely throughout training camp and the preseason. Make sure you follow Peachtree Football, download Peachtree Football, subscribe to Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, that is Spotify, that is the Odyssey app. Follow us on social media at Squidbilly929 at underscore Dylan Matthews as well for everything Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta sports overall. But again, follow Peachtree Football, download, subscribe to Peachtree Football, comment, subscribe, all that stuff on YouTube as well. Until we talk to you guys next time, 